Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, Coach Jay here. This week I have my friend Jen who joined us for the show about dealing with adversity. She's here filling in for Shruti while she's on vacation. Today we're talking about accountability. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay. I know on the last podcast I mentioned there would be no show this week because I'm on vacation. Uh, I actually got back yesterday and after we recorded last week, Shruti had mentioned that she'll be gone this upcoming week. So we were looking at two weeks with possibly no shows. So she told me to do one uh, on my own or if I can get a guest on here. Uh, and then I mentioned I was back. So the most likely to be two shows this week and next week. And a few weeks back, I had my friend Jen on the show uh, where she talked about dealing with adversity and how she dealt with diabetes. And I have her back to help co-host this show. And today we're talking about accountability. And I've mentioned many times as even being a coach, I still have coaches. So I still need the accountability on my end. And as, as a coach helping others, the accountability and the check-ins are always valuable. I mean, just like if you have a test coming up, you're going to study. If there's no test, eh, you tend to take it a little easy. Same thing when I played in a band. We have a gig. All of a sudden, we all found time for three rehearsals in a week. But if there's no gig coming up, everyone was busy. So accountability is a big thing. And Jen and I are going to discuss that. And Jen, what's your feeling on accountability? Well, accountability is it's huge. For me, it's what keeps me not only just going, but in the, the proper mindset for it. And it's not just with exercise, like you had mentioned with the band or anything like that. I actually use it for my diabetes as well, you know, cause I have to be, and it's not just accountable, accountable to my doctor, but to, you know, my friends as well, to being also a good example to those that I see out and about. I mean, in, in the episode about the adversity and I talked about the little kid at Taco Bell who and his mom explained what diabetes was you know she has to take the shot so she can eat um I was accountable to that kid you know I was being a good example and that's important well you had mentioned you listened to the last podcast and I had mentioned a friend who I wrote a workout program for where instead of doing the full body split of Monday Wednesday and Friday doing a full body, I had written a split push pull leg day. So you worked out every day. So this way there were no gaps. And you commented after listening to that, that, Hey, you mentioned me and it didn't click right. Cause I didn't mention you by name, but that workout program was for you. Cause you even mentioned if I put too many rest days in there, you, you would tend to extend the rest a little longer than necessary. So to keep that ball rolling, it was better for you to have the push day, pull day, leg day. And obviously we mention all the time on here that rest is important and you get the appropriate rest when needed. Um, but how is that working out for you doing the workouts every day, as opposed to the last program we did right where it was more of a full body every other day. It's actually working out so much better for me because there is something every single day I can work it into my routine. I can you know, set the schedule. I know in, in different podcasts, you've mentioned that just make it part of your habit, you know, do a walk after dinner. That way the walk is part of dinner. 
and you you get into that that routine and that habit and with me having a workout every single day is that I get home from work I feed the cats I do my workout and it's and then I don't have to think about well did I work out yesterday did I not work out yesterday am I you know is it rest day is it not what am I supposed to do today and I just I have the paper on my table and I start at the top and I work my way down every, every day I do something. Yes, I do take the rest days. Sometimes I take a rest after the first leg day. And sometimes I take a rest after, you know, the, the pull day, it, depending on how I'm feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, if I need the rest, I take the rest, but having something to do every single day helps me significantly. Well, I just, you mentioned the rest and I, I just had a, a long conversation today with, with my wife. And I mean, obviously I've mentioned her on, on here a lot. Once I had the issue with the, the cardiac issue when in for the procedure and having the stent put in. Now I had three weeks off roughly. I had the week of, I wasn't feeling well, the week of the procedure. And then the week before I went for my follow-up where I got the clearance to work out and that drove me nuts. Well, obviously family gets tied into the emotions of a loved one going through something so she also stopped all her progress then. And here it is 12, 14, whatever I lost track 16 weeks later. And she's just starting to go. And we had the conversation about the accountability that we have the program. I talked to her about, okay, what do you plan on doing? And I told her for her, if she needs to stagger some more rest days in there, but there's the difference between taking a rest and taking a break. There, there's a different once you take that break sometimes it's hard to go up it's kind of like pedaling up a hill if you have your momentum you're fine if you stop the bike at that red light on that really steep hill and now you got to start up it takes a couple really hard strokes of the pedal to get going again and that's the same thing with with exercise if you don't keep going it really takes a hard push to get going again um, either you got to back everything up back the intensity up whether it's the weight whether it's the reps whether it's the pace of the reps um, and it's tougher to get going again. Uh, I've mentioned yeah, how it's, it's too easy to just stay seated on the couch. You know, you take that. I've had surgeries before I've had foot surgeries where it has interfered with my workout plans or my marathon training. And it was really easy to just not get back into it. You know, I, I found something else to fill my time instead of my workouts. I, was reading or crocheting or or doing some something else. I wasn't just, you know, being lazy sitting on the couch watching TV, being a couch potato. I was doing something, but I wasn't working out. And it was difficult to get back into a workout routine because then I had the mindset of, okay, well, now when am I going to have time to do these other things that I was doing? So accountability is huge. And there's many different ways you can do it. You know, yes, I work out every single day, um, checking in with a friend every single day saying, hey, I drank the water that I was supposed to, um, you know, it, it can be anything. Best friend and I for multiple years had a daily check in of where, how much water we drank, how many minutes we worked out, how many miles we ran or walked, it got to the point where we created a very extensive spreadsheet so we could track it better. Well, you mentioned that, and I was going to mention, even as a coach, having accountability is good. And you and I are going into our our third month of 
basically using that same challenge and spreadsheet. Uh, last month was, I don't know, for some reason, it just seemed like so much was going on. It wasn't as regimented. The first month, I mean, I got all my miles in. I made sure I got out for a run. Last month, there just seemed to be a lot going on. Still got out, didn't get the numbers I wanted, but we we factored in workouts. So even though the first one was based on mileage and more so the running, and then we were getting a third credit for the miles on a bike. Uh, and then we added, you had a, I think it's a mile credit per 30 minute workout just to, just to add those in. Um, I think, uh, I know part of mine was, I didn't count any of my rehab miles. So I, I did quite a bit on those. And I know some of those rehabs towards the end of my program were, were pretty intense running the stairs and doing suicide sprints in the hallways. Um, but even as a coach, having that accountability where I can look at that spreadsheet now and see where you are. We were using Strava so we can see each other's miles. And when we did workouts, if you did a run or a ride, it was showing on Strava and it's like, Oh geez, Jen just got three miles. I think there was one day where you did six and a half or something and you, you purposely did a quarter mile more than me. So I did like a 10th of a mile more than you the next day. And it's just, well, it's that, not that, like we're competitive with anything. No, not competitive at all. <laughs> but, but just that little push, uh, is, is enough to keep someone going. And, and like I said, even as a coach, having that accountability, that person to check into that person to make sure you're doing what you need. It's, it's huge. It is huge. And we would love to be able to say that we're accountable to ourselves and it's easier to, I mean, we, we don't need anybody. Me personally, I need someone. I mean, even back to my diabetes, I watch what I eat. I pay attention to the carb count. I mean, you, you witnessed that when we, you know, when I was back visiting family, but if I'm at home alone, it is way too easy to just grab the entire package of Oreos and eat everything in sight. Whereas if I have someone here or I'm going out to dinner with someone, I watch what I'm doing a little bit closer. Not that I'm embarrassed or ashamed if I'm doing something wrong, but it helps hold me accountable to what I should be doing. Well, I think that's something you, you see it a lot with, with coaches. And I, I listen to a podcast and follow a lot of other coaches on Instagram and, and stuff like that, where you talk about not, not being embarrassed, but holding yourself accountable. I live life. I, I eat as healthy as I can. And, and I say that um, kind of like with the air quotes, um, but on Tuesdays, we, we make a fairly regular trip to Buffalo Wild Wings. It's buy one, get one free on the wings. And I have two teenage boys, so it's the cheapest way to feed them. Um, but it's I, I still eat Buffalo Wings. I still have pizza. I still will have ice cream. I mean, I'm not a big junk food eater to begin with. So if we do something, I'm still going to enjoy life. I'm not so regimented that, I mean, it's chicken breast, broccoli, and white rice every single day, every single meal. But like you said, the accountability of, of having friends and other people involved. I mean, that was part of the conversation with my wife where she definitely needs the accountability of, I'll say me for now, but I even told her that maybe I need to hire another coach that she'll listen to because the whole thing of coaching family. And that goes from any dad that tries to coach your kid in little league baseball, you know, they always listen to the other coach better than you. Uh, always it, it's just one of those things but it it was a big part of her being there for me 
while I was going through the program, this is even before the cardiac issues. When, when we did this 12 week workout program that was phased and we went from in your mid rep range to your low rep range to a high rep range. So, I mean, the whole program was written out for us and I could easily follow the paper, but having her there, there, and I mean, she doesn't have more knowledge than me, doesn't have more experience than me, but just the fact that you have someone that cares with you, pushing you, it makes a difference having that extra person and just, again, it, it, accountability. It truly does. Before COVID, I had a gym membership at one of the local gyms in town. And every Tuesday and Thursday morning, there was a, a class started at 545 in the morning. So I, I was up every day at quarter after four so that I could get my morning chores done, grab, you know, eat something before I went and then get to the workout, get to the class. So I, I got that workout in every day. I loved it. One, having someone right there working out with you pushes you just a little bit more. You don't you don't quit too early. You don't say, Oh, I just need to, you know, let's, let's drop this weight down a little bit. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that extra, you know, two reps. Whereas you have someone right there, especially anyone who's in a competitive mindset, having someone right there. I mean, you do, you compete. Okay. I can do this. You can do that, but you know, not compete to the point of overdoing it. But there were some times that I wasn't able to make the class for various reasons. I was either out of town or health just didn't uh, didn't cooperate with me. I would get texts from at least half the class by noon on that day. Hey, you okay? The instructor would text me as soon as the class was over. Are you okay? Just making sure, just checking in, make sure, you know, and ho hope to see you again on Tuesday or on Thursday, whichever day it happened to be. And I love that. There were times I will confess that I would the alarm would go off at a quarter after four in the morning and I would lay in bed arguing with myself as to whether or not I really wanted to get up you don't need to get up you work out all the time you need a rest day rest days are important it's like yes but you just rested yesterday yesterday was Sunday you didn't do anything get get your hiney up and, and get out the door and it would have been too easy to just stay in bed if I didn't have people that were looking forward to seeing me that day well, you mentioned the environment of being in a gym. Now, you mentioned the class. Uh, I've also had numerous gym memberships. Uh, one of the ones that I had for, for years was Planet Fitness. And any fitness nuts that might be listening that want to give the whole Planet Fitness is in a real gym and this and that. You know, if you know what you're doing, you can get just as good of a workout at Planet Fitness. Those 25 or 40 or 50 pound dumbbells weigh the same as the one in the muscle head gyms. So getting a workout at a planet fitness is just as intense as going to a bodybuilding gym. Uh, yes, they might be a little more limited and the planet fitness I have actually has a free weight bench. They have two benches and an incline bench where if I go a couple towns away, everything's on the Smith machine. So I understand limitations in some, some facilities. Um, but it worked fine. They Christmas time, $100 pay up front for the year. You can't beat it 24 hours. I was actually going at 3.30 a.m. before work. I'd work out from 3.30 to quarter after four, take my shower in the car for 4.30, into work for five. Uh, and then I joined another gym that was amazing. Had all the free weights, all the equipment, squat racks, deadlifting platforms, uh, a full room of cardio, the downstairs room that had the the uh, setup of, 
my mind's going blank. Um, CrossFit type of setups with the ropes and everything. Uh, and then I only got to use that for about four months before COVID hit and shut that down. And I haven't gone back there, but even this morning, I, I lucked out throughout COVID because I pretty much have a full gym in my house. I have dumbbells from five to 50 pounds. I have, I have a one inch bar. I don't have the, the Olympic bar, but I have a squat rack and benches and, and suspension trainers. So I have pretty much everything I need, but I told my wife, I almost went to Norm's gym. That's been around in my area since the eighties. It's and one of the oldest gyms there that they do a $5 a day pass. And I was tempted just to go to that environment. Like you mentioned, to have someone there and not that I really know many people there. Um, but to see someone next to you and, and not that you're competing. Oh, geez, that guy just squatted 350. Let me do that. I'm not doing that, but it's just, it's nice to be around other people. Um, going back to the planet fitness environment, there was, and one of the, the fathers of a girl that I coached in soccer, uh, he and his wife were both I mean, gym rats. They both worked out and he used to own a local gym. And I mean, just to see him and for him to compliment that, I mean, he could see the changes. Oh, you look good and keep it up and this and that. Just having that person check in with you, um, comment on your progress, comment that they notice that things are going in the right direction. Uh, and then if you have questions, I mean, that's one thing, uh, asking for help um, and knowing even as a coach that I don't know everything. I have no problem going to another coach and saying, Hey, I'm looking at this. What do you think of this? What would you do in this situation? And just having someone to work off and bounce off of definitely makes a difference. Yeah, it does. And no matter how much we know, we don't know everything. You know, it's that there is a lot that I learned from the instructor who taught the classes at the gym. It was great. I loved it. She, I mean, she went through the training, she went through the schooling and I picked up so many different things, but even so there was a couple things that I'd shown her. I'm like, okay, this is how this feels for me because I have this particular injury, this condition. And I, I don't want to, you know, exacerbate it even more. So this is what I'm doing. This is what the physical therapist has shown me what to do. And she's like, yes, I have not seen that. Thank you. I have other people who have that same problem and I, I will be able to use it, you know, later on. So, I mean, I, and I know you've said before, so full confession, I've not missed a single podcast. I've listened to every single one of them. So I, I may, re, I may refer back to quite a few, but I mean, you've said it before, if you know 98% of the everything and someone else knows the, you know, 3%, one of that percent that they know may be one of the 2% that you don't. You know, and so we're always learning from someone else. Yeah, that that's a big one. And that that goes on. You will have the the cocky coaches, the arrogant coaches, the ones that think they know everything. Um, and I, I've dealt with that. I mentioned in the youth program that my kids have gone through. I never had an issue with any soccer coaches working with another dad or, or a mom that was and coaching the team with me, whether they were the head coach or the assistant coach. Um, often we'd end up being the head coach, which I don't mind the head coaching aspect. I just don't like that phone number list that you have to call. And yes, it's raining out. You're going to get wet. We're still playing. Uh, that's the part that aggravated me and dealing with the money. But from a coaching act aspect, never had an issue for soccer, baseball. I mean, it is our national pastime and every dad thinks they're Joe Torrey. And I just butted heads with, it just seems like 
everyone thought they knew everything and not that I know everything. Uh, I know I could say one thing is I probably know more beyond the official training I have because for the 15 years I coached high school sports, the head coach who was my coach when I played in high school was a PE teacher. He was a health teacher. He had a lot of health and fitness, actual schoolings and training behind him. not to mention and go back to the nineties. He was and another gym rat and he knew his stuff. So I learned so much from him at the same time, even with the certification with my personal training certificate, I'm the first one to say, you know what? I've been a coach for years. I'm new to the personal training. Yes, I know stuff, but I have no, it's not a hit to my pride to ask questions for accountability reasons and just to continue to learn. I have no problem asking another coach or another trainer, hey, what would you do in this situation? How do you like this versus that? Where would you do hair? And it just, we can all keep learning and getting better if we use the resources we have around us. So I have a question for you. What do you find helps keep you accountable? I mean, with me, it's being able to, you know, have someone there to talk to, to check in with, to, you know, kind of brag when I've had a good day. But what about you? What seems to help you the most? Well, the one thing I could say, like I, I mentioned many times on here and just talking with friends, the cardiac rehab program I went through where most people need it as the kick in the rear to get off the couch. I needed it as a reminder that the break is on the left, that, that I had to slow down that let's take it easy. Let's build back up. So to back that up a little more, a big accountability I have is just family history. I know what my family history is. And I, I mentioned on here and multiple heart, heart attacks through many generations um, with my parents, my grandparents, cousins, so and uncles. So I knew that alone is enough of an incentive to go, but just having someone that I can check in with um, getting, getting compliments or notices from friends that, and whether it's just that simple kudos click on a, on a Strava workout. Uh, it, it makes, and I don't know what's up with your phone, but mine barely loads the photo in and you, it already says, Hey, Jen, give you a kudos. It's like, it's not even loaded <laughs> on my phone and you're already replying to it. Um, but something like that, it just, it makes you feel good when you, when you see that friend after in a month and they're saying, Hey, did you lose weight? Or, Hey, you look good. Or, or just complimenting and whether it be, and from what they're seeing, like I said, on a Strava or on my fitness pal, from just the reports you're putting up there on, on these public or semi-public forums, or whether it's just, they just saw you for the first time in a while. And it, it really, it really helps. Um, and people checking on me, like you said, you miss a class and you'd get half a dozen people within a few hours saying, Hey, you okay. You weren't here. Well, I've had a, a few friends that have checked on me and since, since they had the stent put in where I'd get the random text or Facebook message and saying, Hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How's rehab going? Um, so stuff like that really, really helps and keep pushing you forward. Um, I, I know mindset is a big part of my coaching. Uh, and that was a big part of my conversation with, with Maria today was just mindset. I, I have a tough time with the people that say, Oh, I have a tough time getting up. You know what? Once you decide you want to get up, you're going to do it. I mean, it's the first thing to quit smoking is you got to decide, Hey, I'm going to quit smoking. The first thing to 
quit drinking or reduce your drinking is you got to tell yourself, I'm going to do this or getting healthy or, I mean, taking better care of the yard or whatever your decision to do, you have to first mentally decide this is what I want to do. And that's the toughest part. Once you do it, I mean, if your mind says you're going to do it physically, you're going to do it. And it might be slow in the beginning, but that's, that's the biggest thing. So having people, I mean, whether it be our challenges and looking at the spreadsheet now or comparing numbers, um, whether it be that other I mean, dad from the soccer team com complimenting me when he sees me at the gym. I mean, anything like that definitely helps drive me to continue moving forward and knowing that it's not a waste. And, and this was a, a simple wake up call where at first it's like, geez, I'm doing everything right. Why did this still happen? And like I said, the stent was put in on Friday by Tuesday or Wednesday. I was like, you know what? Everything I did worked fine. I set up a safety net that allowed me to have in a 99.9% blockage and survive it. If I didn't do everything I did over the past four years, I mean, you might be hosting this podcast alone right now. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and that's all mindset. That is 100% mindset. It is, but even yes, the hardest decision is to, or the hardest part of anything is to make that decision, that decision to quit smoking, that, you know, decision to, get healthier, that decision to work out on a consistent basis. That doesn't mean that you're not going to argue with yourself some mornings because you really don't want to get up and do it because I still have that. I mean, I've made the decision. Yes, I do want to work out. I do want to get back to where I was when I was doing my half marathon training. I, I would love that. And even back then I would argue with myself at times. So it is the hard decision, but it's that decision that you have to do. You also have to make it every single day. I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had the, the days where it's like, uh, do I want to get up? Do I want to do it? Because it's what, what I do. And even, even helping a friend of mine one time, we were halfway through her workout program. I was working with her on some stuff and she says, you love this, don't you? I said, what do you mean? I said the exercise, the exercise, the coaching, the helping people, she could see it in my face and just my body language, how much I love doing this. So this is, who I am. Maybe I come from a slightly different cut where it's like the fitness aspect, the training, the coaching, the, the helping it's, it's, it's me. I'm not, I'm not someone, I mean, you have a desk job. So your, your daily routine is that is it where my, my job is coaching. It, it's that. And it's, it's not, doesn't feel like a job. So I already have that. If I do have that day where it's like, uh, I don't feel like doing it to me, I'm at the point where it's time for a rest day. So it's not a, I don't feel like doing it. It's my body's telling me, nope, today you're resting, whether it's mentally, physically, or emotionally. If I ever get to that point where it's like, I really don't feel like doing it. It's usually just somewhere in my body. It's telling me today's a rest day. Tomorrow we'll kick it back up and get back on, on track. Yeah. And, and the arguments that I've had, the, the times that I've won my own arguments, and I've done my workout. I have a lot, and I always felt better afterwards. And that's usually how I, you know, win the argument. It's like, you know what, Jen, you're gonna feel better when you're done. You'll be, you know, proud of yourself. And if you're not, you'll regret it, not doing it. You'll, you'll like, all right, you didn't need that rest day. It's not that you were, you know, in need of it. You just didn't want to do it. So yeah, you know, two different. Here we are. I mean, we're competing with each other. 
kind of, you know, we're just, you know, being accountable to each other. And yet we still have two different mindsets and yet we're still doing it. We're still doing the workouts. We're still helping each other along. Well, it's like one thing we, we always find time for what's important to us. And whether that's exercise, whether that's sit down to watch our favorite show, whether it's to do the crafts, to go out with those people that we like. And it's, I mean, we talked a, a while back about and the pluses and minuses of, uh, of social media. And every now and then you'll have that one friend that, Oh, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to work out, but three or four days a week, they're, they're at the bar, they're at a party, they're at the beach, they're at, no, you have time. It's just lower down your priority list on what you want to use your, your time for. So what we always have time to do what we want to do. There's somewhere to put it in. I mean, I, I kind of make a joke about it and I know you and I discussed it and you say you kind of get in and get out, but I'd say a majority of the people play one extra game of words with friends or scroll through Instagram one more time or check a couple messages on Facebook or put a couple more things in their shopping cart on Amazon while they're sitting on the toilet. So that extra 10 minutes you were on the toilet, you could have went and walked a mile. So I just found a mile's worth of time for you get off the toilet, stop scrolling and go walk the mile. So I kind of joked around with the parents of the archery team. I said, I can find an hour worth of practice time. Oh yeah. How can you do that? They have homework, this and that. Well, I use the same example. If you take 10 minutes on Monday and 10 minutes on this day and 10 minutes on that day, if they got out of the bathroom, did their thing. And, and it's, and it's said in a joking way, but if you look around at all the little things. I mean, like they say, pennies add up to dollars. If we save the penny here and there, well, if you save the minute here and there, put mm-hmm. those minutes together, you could find the time. Uh, and like you said, and, and I've mentioned it and you've mentioned it, attach it to something. And that was one thing I had mentioned to my wife. You attach the walk, eat breakfast, go for a walk, eat dinner, go for a walk. And it becomes part of that, that thing where you don't just it's not an, it's not its own separate thing. It's dinner and a walk come together. So you go for your walk afterwards. And it's, it's very easy to, to fit those things in. It is. I mean, we get into that routine when we drive to and from work, we know we turn here. That's, that's what we do. Or, you know, those people who always hit and grab a coffee on their way into work, they, it's muscle memory. It's, I mean, the car can almost go on autopilot at that point because they've been doing it for so long. And by attaching the walk to dinner and breakfast or my workouts to when I get home from work, it becomes, you know, muscle memory at that point. That's just, that's just what I do. Come in, I do this and do the workout and it makes it so much easier. Habit, habit. It's, I, I, I remember when I was a little kid, someone said it takes 21 days to create a habit and to do it. And you have to do it 21 days, but it's like, a very short amount of time to break that habit, you know, when it's a good thing, you know, when, and by good thing, I mean, you know, you're either reading every day or you're working out every day, you're drinking your water every day or whatever it is that you're doing. It's, you have to do it consistently for it to become a habit. Well, that's, I've mentioned in the last podcast um, and more so now you're seeing more and more women now lifting heavy weights, but a, a big thing is 
a, a lot of women will say, oh, I don't want to lift weights. I don't want to get big. Well, first off, if you touch the dumbbell and you just went tap and you turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger, every guy out there would look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it doesn't happen overnight. So you do that 12 week program. And this is the argue. And if, if my wife listens to every podcast, she might beat me up after this one. But this was an argument and it even happened. It happened with me just on the three weeks I needed off. She worked so hard for 12 weeks to to get to where she was now by no means did she build muscle like arnold by no means and did she and and drop 50 pounds that quick or anything like that but she made progress and i'm gonna go back onto measurements of progress but by taking that time off like you said it takes a long time i mean for someone I mean, even someone that's been lifting for a year, it takes a year to really get the body really going where now you're really starting to get that progress. Two weeks off, you start to atrophy. After two weeks of not lifting weights, you start losing muscle. Your body starts to say, wait a minute, I'm not using this muscle. Let's get rid of it. Muscle's an expensive tissue. Muscle takes more protein to run. It takes more calories to run. It takes more everything to operate. So if you're not going to use it, your body's going to get rid of it. So you put in all that hard work. So like you said, you can build a habit in 21 days and, and, and we'll use, and smoking as an example, you, you stop smoking and you go 21 days, all of a sudden you go out that one time and I'll just have this one. I guarantee you're going to be having number two within a day or so, because it, it breaks the habit. Same thing. If you if you stop lifting for two weeks, now you have to almost start over. I mean, you're not going to go from an Arnold to olive oil overnight, but, <laughs> but you're not going to be able to go and pick up that, that weight. You're going to have to back up and, and start, not start over, but I mean, go back kind of like the old Mario brothers. You got to go back to that last checkpoint and, and keep going mm-hmm. up where you're not going to go. Um, but going back to, kind of like the accountability and just kind of checking on you. If we're talking fitness, don't worry about the numbers on the scale. And if you, if you're stepping on the scale and you're worried about whether that's going up or down, that's, that's the least of your words. Yes. A lot of us, including myself need to lose weight, pounds, whatever you want to call it, but there's other aspects to it. It's okay. My weight hasn't moved, but my clothes fit better. I have more energy. I feel better about myself. I can see the tone in my body and I look better. So there's other things to measure on than, than just the number on the scale. And, and that's a big one where we talk about accountability and people will look at the scale. It's like, Oh, geez, I'm doing all this work and nothing's happening. Don't go by that. I mean, I use an example and when I'm shooting my bow, I have binoculars so I can check out my shot. Again, mindset, if I have a bad shot, I'm using it for a rhythm thing where sometimes I don't want the kids to check every single shot because they'll get bent out of shape if they see that it was a bad shot. So until you have that mindset to be able to look at the scale and see that it hasn't moved in the direction you want it to move, don't let that really derail you. And and then you stop because, ah, geez, the scale hasn't moved. No, it hasn't moved, but you're down a size in your jeans. You're, you can eat more and, and not put on weight. You have more energy throughout the day. There's other gauges that you can go by. I, I like to call it the genometer because, you know, as the gene fits, you know, as, as they fit or as you have to go down a size because 
you're pulling them up and without unbuttoning them or undoing them. And you know, if you don't have a belt, you're going to be, you know, having them down around your knees in no time. Um, this, this may be dating myself, but I'm sure some, and you may remember it many, many years ago, there was a commercial for a particular yogurt brand. And this one lady, she wanted to, she bought this yellow bikini that she wanted to wear that upcoming summer. So she, of course it was the yogurt pushing the yogurt company, but she hung the bikini on a hanger and attached it to her wall. So she saw it every single day and she didn't, it wasn't using a scale to see how her body weight was. It was the workouts and everything so that she could get into what she wanted to. You know, I've done that with a pair of shorts or a pair of jeans or something that I wanted a, you know, favorite little black dress that I wanted to be able to wear out, you know, all right, this is what I want. And this is how I'm best going to be able to get into it. So yeah, the scale, it's just a number. Even going back to diabetes, you know, my blood sugar is just a number. And A1C, which is gives you an idea of what your average blood sugar is, is, is over the last three months, is just a number. It's a road sign. It tells you which direction you want to go. It doesn't tell you what's wrong. It just lets you know, okay, this is, you're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. You know, it's just a number. Age is just a number. Yeah, I've used the the accountability thing as well. I mean, I had a, a poster hanging up on my wall for for things that I wanted to to make a change for. I mean, I had one hanging in my office music room. I had one hanging as I went down the stairs into my gym, one in the gym, one on the back of the door where I uh, had all my protein powders. And I, I finally made that change, but it was just a sign that just kept saying, Hey, remember this, remember this, remember this. And eventually it works. Uh, I mean, I, I have that with, with clothes where it's when, when I got down to like 190, I got, I got some clothes that, I mean, I was excited. I was putting on a, a slim fit medium shirt and it fit fine. I, I put a couple of pounds on, but here to go back to the scale thing, my lowest point before I started really doing the weights more, where it was more just cardio and diet, my, I got down to 16.8 at like 190 pounds. And here at the end of my rehab, and she pinched me and got my, uh, my fat percentage. And I was at 16.4 at roughly 210. So 20 pounds heavier, yet still half a percentage lower on body fat. So again, if I looked at the the scale and I got all bent out of shape that I'm 20 pounds heavier than I was in three years ago, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I prefer to be sub 200 and 200 doesn't, doesn't scare me like it used to. Um, I start hitting the 210 and it's like, okay, let's, let's be accountable of what I'm eating. Let's be accountable. Uh, like I was just talking to a friend the other day that it's not so much vacation that I eat bad on because I still try to eat well. I mean, I've always been more of a chicken person. So whenever I've gone out for something, it'd be more of a chicken sandwich than a burger. So it, that's not a big change for me. It's the drive to and from vacation because now you stopped at the gas station and you got the soda and the M&Ms or the small bag of chips or it's, it's that 10 hour drive where all the junk food comes in. Once I'm at my vacation location, it's not as bad, but again, it's that accountability. Once I see the scale get a little higher. Okay. Time to check in time to start monitoring what I'm eating. Um, but anything you can use, whether it's a, my fitness pal app, if we're talking health, whether it's a challenge like Jen and I have, 
um, where we just challenge each other. And you don't need to put big numbers for someone that has trouble getting off the couch. I mean, find a friend that you, you'll challenge that you'll walk I mean, 12 miles over the month. So we're talking three miles. You, you go out for a half mile walk and every night after dinner, there's your 12 miles at the end, end of the month. And so start, start small. And I know some people don't like the whole smart goals thing, but one of it is obtainable goals, set a goal that you can get to. And then the next time you go just a little more, you want to challenge yourself, but you don't want to make things impossible. So whether it be the app for accountability on calorie counting or the, the friend that pushes you uh, and purposely runs a quarter mile more than you did the day before, just to make <laughs> you go a quarter mile more the next day and anything you can do to help stay accountable for, for your goals. And I know a lot of this is, is based around fitness, but whether that be education, going, going to school and, and wanting to do that or, or learning a craft or getting better at, I mean, your instrument or whatever it might be. And, and Jen, what do you, what do you think are some of the best things for accountability just to, to keep moving forward? The best things that I find for the accountability is, you know, have someone willing to help you be accountable. You know, there's many people out there say, yeah, check in with me or I'll check in with you. But the follow through doesn't always happen due to various reasons. It's just not necessarily a compatible circumstance with that person. So if you can find someone, be it a coach, be it a friend, be it you know, an, an app that pops up your reminder at 6 a.m. Hey, you didn't work out yet today or whatever it is. Find what works for you. Find what helps keep you going. And that, that's what you need. You know, it's, it's just like you've said, the, the best workout is the one you're actually going to do. The best accountability aspect is the one that's going to help you be accountable. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And Jen's going to actually be back with me for next week's show. Uh, we're still discussing a, a topic. We have an idea for one that, that both of us have, have lived through uh, in different aspects. And uh, we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.